Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Jack Chew. This is Chewing It Over. Weekdays, 12.30 till 1. And this year, I think we've done most days weekdays, but usually it's Tuesdays. I've got to usually scarper to get my uh, kids from nursery, but I've managed to postpone that a little so we can have this very important chat on vaccines because your questions have been coming in, especially over the last few weeks, but even before that, about vaccines, how might we access them, how that's different between different territories, countries, but also uh, different sectors, etc. And so really important topic and one that I definitely didn't want to sort of generally shoot the shit about and and, and uh, not come from a position of policy. Um, so the CSP has a policy on that. And so we're going to be speaking with Rob Yeldon from the CSP about it. Um, one of the things that we just want to make sure we flag is that I did a Physio Matters episode reflecting on the year with Alex McKenzie. It's been pretty popular and people have been giving lots of feedback, etc. But within that, she misspoke and said that the CSP didn't have a policy on something that she just hadn't noticed because it was pretty new. Easy mistake to make. She put that right on social media, etc. No harm done. However, we just want to make sure that the opportunity we had to amplify some of that at that moment in time, we need to catch up on. And that's what this is today. So for those that, uh, that feel like there were gaps there, yes, there were. Uh, but here we are to fill them. And, and Rob's going to help me do that. So without further ado, hopefully the technology behaves itself and I can slide in Rob Yeldon. Rob, can you hear me? I can, Jack. Nice to be with you. Nice one. So I want to get stuck in then with, because uh, we, we laughed just off air then about the fact that uh, I said I've been getting lots of questions and you said, well, yeah, you can imagine uh, that you have too. And so the key question that seems to be coming in is, how do I get one of these things? And that's going to vary depending on a few factors. So if you can just start us there, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Um, it is complicated and it's complicated because the healthcare system across the UK is complicated. Um, I think the first place to start is if you work in the NHS in any kind of capacity, whether you're on bank, uh, whether you're a student on placement or whether you're a, a permanent employee, um, your NHS employer is the way to access the vaccine. Uh, because in all the countries, it's the NHS that's actually rolling out the vaccinations. Uh, so the easiest thing uh, for employees of the NHS to do is to access it through the NHS. And most uh, employers are, have got arrangements in place already for that. They will vary slightly by locality and by country. Uh, if you're not in the NHS, it can be slightly more complicated. Uh, the official advice from the uh, Joint Committee on Vaccinations and Immunisations is that all patient-facing healthcare professionals uh, and healthcare workers should be vaccinated as a relative priority in what they call Tier 2. Uh, but the arrangements for actually ac accessing that vaccination will vary depending on where you are. So uh, if you're in Northern Ireland, uh, there is a national registration scheme. Uh, and members of the CSP in Northern Ireland will have had an email explaining how they can access that. Right. Uh, if you're in uh, Scotland, we're still in conversations with both the uh, health department in Scotland and some individual health boards about what the local arrangements are going to be. Uh, but they are clear that they have got a responsibility to vaccinate uh, physiotherapists, support workers, students who are in the private sector, in the charitable sector, in education and other spaces that where they're actually meeting patients face to face. Uh, in Wales, uh, again, the government recognises that responsibility. Uh, we understand that the local health boards will be responsible for the vaccinations in the same way as they are for health and care staff. Uh, but again, the local arrangements have not yet been uh, published. So we are pushing for that. And in England, uh, it's now clear that the bodies who are responsible for non-NHS uh, healthcare professionals and their vaccinations are the local clinical commissioning groups, the CCGs. 
So there's 191 of those. Uh, they've all got a local, uh, the, the ability to set their own local systems within that policy framework that's been set for them. Uh, we wrote to them all last Friday uh, with our advice and our request that they actually uh, make public what their arrangements are going to be at a local level. And as we get information on that, we've been sharing that. Some of that is via emails to our regional mailing lists. Uh, where they are allowing us to, we will publish it on our website. Uh, and I would direct everybody to the CSP website. I know colleagues have been updating the COVID vaccination section this morning. So the most up-to-date advice and information will be on there. Right. Um, and that will also cover the three crown dependencies. Okay. So on that, um, with the when the CSP has written to the CCGs, encouraging them to publish local guidance, etc., what has the advice been, uh, or did you offer a suggestion as to how physios would be positioned? Well, what what we did is we suggested that they should publish their their local process because it's been made very clear to us that they will have local processes rather than a single common process across England. Yeah. That's not ideal. It's not what we would have recommended, uh, but that is what the system is putting in place. Uh, we. Well, our preference is obviously that they make that publicly available so that anybody can go onto the website, see what it is, right. um, either click on a form or a link and, and be able to register. Some are comfortable with that and are doing that. Right. Some are very entitled to using that. So they're asking us to uh, essentially make it available to our members, but not in a public format. And that is not ideal and it does make it a lot more complicated for us. And there are a few who don't seem to have got the memo quite literally. Uh, so the reminder has probably been quite timely for them. Right. Okay. And and is it then um, in that in that guidance that you've sent over, well, not guidance or suggestion, have you then been able to spell out to them uh, the position of physiotherapist for those that weren't aware? Absolutely. So what we've done is we've reminded them uh, what's something called the Green Book, which is kind of the, the Bible for COVID for the health services across the countries. Uh, and that has a set of definitions in it about who qualifies as a frontline healthcare professional. Yeah. And in this context, it's anybody who has regular patient facing contact um, in any setting. So that's primary, community um, or, or in acute sector and in any healthcare provision sector. So could be NHS, could be uh, independent uh, large providers, could be self-employed, could, as I say, be charities such as hospices. It might be people working in special schools. And we've actually gone through a list of some of those examples because right. uh, we do know that the, the people who are trying to run these programs in the CCGs will not understand physiotherapy. They will have probably very limited knowledge of the non-NHS sector, except for those organisations that they directly contract with. Mm. Uh, so we've we've said to, to them, you know, we know this is going to be confusing and difficult for you. We're happy to offer advice. We have given them that set that explanation of the full range of kinds of settings they might be getting people coming forward from. Mm -hmm. And we've also pointed to some of the the practical challenges that if they put too many uh, barriers in the way, we'll stop actually registering the people they're meant to be registering. Um, uh, simple things like uh, if they just pick up and use the NHS registration form, it asks for your NHS employee number. Well, you're not going to have one if you don't work in the NHS. Uh, so there are some really simple things that just by them being a bit more mindful might help members. So that's what we've been trying to encourage yeah. them to think about. It's a tough thing, isn't it? Because obviously they, they want to make sure there's an appropriate sort of threshold for governance, but then similarly, um, you know, as soon as you do that too clumsily, then you're going to exclude some. Uh, the only other gap I can think that uh, from what you mentioned with regards to um, students, 
So you'd said students on placement, you know, you'd then uh, the trust of which they're on placement with, especially with the vast majority of students being on placement, being in the NHS. I'm, I'm, I'm interested though in, and I've heard from some students that are anxious about the fact that they are gonna go on placement. So they might well be knowing that they've got a placement coming up, but they don't necessarily have either the, the details of the trust that they're going into yet, and so they're just generically likely to be in the NHS in a few weeks' time. Do you have any advice for those specifically, or do they need to make sure they get that, they know exactly where they're going before they can act on it? Uh, so what they will need to do is make sure that um, their, their, their placement coordinators are able to tell them where they're going. And one of the things that they should be doing if it's not already been set up for them is, is have that conversation with their uh, practice educator uh, and ask the question, how do I access vaccination when's it going to happen in exactly the same way as if you're a member of nhs staff and you haven't had that that information given to you right. so that, that's the best advice we can give at the moment obviously the the universities themselves are in conversations with the organizations they're placing people into about those local arrangements mm -hmm. so talk to your lecturers talk to your practice educator if it's not been sorted out by the time you get there right no thank you for that that's brilliant now when uh, when i have guests on this show we always say that you guys who are watching live you tend to hold your breath for longer than usual if it's just me you seem to be heckling and getting in, getting stuck in with questions straight out the gates but when i have a guest on you get all you leave all your questions till the last five minutes please don't do that to me today this is important we want to be thorough um and so please do get your questions coming in like this one from chris watts thank you who's tuned in on linkedin thanks chris there seems to be a huge disparity between healthcare professions. I live in South Wales. Private podiatrist friend in the same area has been offered the vaccine following talks between local MS. Sorry, I'm thinking, what, what would that be? Member of the Senate. All right. And uh, oh, of course. And uh, Welsh government. Yet myself and my company aren't being offered uh, a vaccine yet. Um, so, yeah, could you speak to that then? Why might there be disparities between professions? Uh, well, there shouldn't be. Um, and actually, we, we hear it's very varied so absolutely there will be individuals from all sorts of professions who may have uh, managed to get themselves um, vaccinated either by contacting a particular organization that's running uh, providing vaccinations who've just accepted that they'll do it mm. or because they've been able to get uh, access via um, in that case you know their, their local elected representatives but there is no policy level in any of the countries um, a policy that certain professions are in a higher priority than others um, Northern Ireland have chosen to call up profession by profession, and I guess that's just a way of, of, of them managing numbers, but it's not that they are prioritising podiatrists, for example, over physios. No. And in fact, we know from conversations with colleagues in our sister bodies for the other professions that their private practice members are facing many of the same challenges as ours. Mm. So unfortunately, it's because there isn't yet in Wales um, a clear national approach to how they're going to register uh, non-NHS professionals. I've got a... One of the questions that I have, um, I, I want to make sure I try and work out how to express this right, but were you surprised at the role that you're needing to take in this? Because I was expecting, and, and this might have been my own naivety, I was surprised that, say, especially under the AHP banner, that then you'd expect there to almost be a policy that's tied towards that within NHS England, NHS improvement, that could then be devolved across nations. Was I naive there or was it surprising to understand where the CSP is having to be quite central to it? It's probably not that unusual. 
Uh, it's probably something that people probably don't see most of the time. And I guess it's because this is so important to people, you know, quite literal, you know, life and death sense, sure. uh, that it's really important. So people are actually perhaps more aware of what we're doing. Um, I mean, to be fair, we have had really good support, for example, from the AHP lead in Public Health England, who's been really supportive in in, in pushing other parts of the system to listen to what we and others have been saying. Uh, and I'm I know that we've had good support from the chief allied health professions officers in, in the countries. But because so much of the operational delivery of this is local, you know, it is quite literally individual hospitals who are being asked to be the hubs uh, for vaccination. They're starting from scratch and setting up a system for people who they don't normally have any engagement with. Mm. Um, and you see this as well with patients in terms of the, the huge disparities between how far ahead some GPs are than others yeah. um, and how, how good they are at communicating with their patient populations. And, you know, whilst it's frustrating and we're doing everything we can to, to, to push for a, a smoother, simpler system, you know, I think we've probably all got to realise that this is the first time in history that we've tried to vaccinate the entire adult population of the country. So there, there's bound to be glitches as that system starts to, to gear up. And, you know, it's especially if you're thinking of the, the numbers, is that the, the rollout is, is accelerating. You know, it's uh, if we were all sat there and we were talking on double digits and, and worried about the fact that they weren't getting out there, but, yeah. but needles are going into arms as we're here. Um, I suppose I'm interested in that, that is, is the professional body engagement not another step in, a, uh, in something that needn't be, where Public Health England uh, have had to speak across the piece, including across independent practice. And so it almost feels like the fact that they, it's great that they've been, and the HP lead has been supportive of you, but it just feels like if they created guidance that then could go directly to, if, even if it's been delivered locally, if the if Public Health England are being listened to, there's some, I know there's some politics associated to that organisation at the moment, but generally speaking, if they said something and the, the CCGs were then to hear that, or they were to be written to by Public Health England, taking you guys out of that step, what, what would be the consequences of that? Well, to be fair, they, they did issue what they call a, a standard operating procedure, which is what has made it absolutely clear it is the CCGs who are responsible. Right, okay. And that was really important because up until that point, it wasn't clear who in England would be responsible. Um, so that, that's been a positive step forward. Um, but as is always uh, the case, it's the, the devil's in the detail. And as I, I said earlier, you know, we, we know that of those 191 CCGs, um, they can be quite variable. Um, some are excellent and really engaged with not just the, the NHS, but the wider health and care community in their, their areas. Others aren't. Yeah. Um, and, and doing that translation piece, I guess, is part of our role. Now, what, what Susan's mentioned here is what support has the HCPC provided, which I know would be outside of their scope typically, but what's interesting is they do hold the register for the professions, whereas yours is a voluntary membership body. Yeah. That's what's interesting. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, I'm not directly been involved with the HCPC at all in this, but what I would point out is that the, the people who are eligible are not everybody on the HCPC register. So you can be a practicing physio or podiatrist and not actually be in a role that has a direct patient-facing uh, element to it. Uh, and equally, that you know, support workers um, and students don't have an HCPC number. So it is complicated. And I know that, for example, in, in 
Scotland, they have looked at, you know, is there a proxy they can use to quickly identify people? But the problem right. is that actually the complexity of physiotherapy yeah. is that it's not that simple. That's true. And that's a good point about the HCPC register is it doesn't delineate as by role. And if it did, it would struggle to keep up, you know, because that can vary, especially because of shielding uh, therapists as well that might have occurred and people changing roles because of COVID. It wouldn't have necessarily been caught on that register. So that's a, a good point. Getting some com some comments as well as questions. Thank you, Liz Cowan. She said she got vaccinated in Warrington by contacting her GP and CCG, hearing great stories like that um, from Liz and others. Um, across various different places. Uh, Linda Clark, good to see you and thank you for engaging with the private practice world. That has been an important feature in, in what Alex talked about on the Visio Matters podcast is there's been lots of lessons learned with regards to the CSP's engagement with the independent sector. And we can see in this instance, especially that you guys have really got us, uh, we're, we're in your thoughts uh, and in your policies uh, in a more obvious way, which is brilliant. So thank you, Rob, I agree with that. Chris Watts has then followed up and said, following my question, would you suggest I push my local MS member of Senate. He's thank you. Uh, or wait for the clarification from the CFP. What would you suggest he does? Um, well, it never never harms for for physios to be lobbying their local elected representatives about issues that are important to them. I'd say uh, we have already arranged for um, a helpful um, member of this of the Senate to ask the the Welsh government the question. Uh, but if others are also doing that, that's helpful. No worries. No, that's great. Now, in the uh, in the CSP's um, policy um, that that was published, um, I think first a couple of weeks back, but like you say, it's always been revised and updated, etc. Um, one of the things that um, was consistent with that and what Alex had said, uh, even though she hadn't been privy to it, was she was saying that while she didn't know that they had a you had a policy yet, she was saying the fact that it'd be difficult for the CSP to directly influence what the national policy would be. Now, obviously, you're speaking about how you're influencing things locally, but um, is it therefore when you're constructing something like this, is there a, is there a degree of, of, of symbolism of principle? Because on that policy, it sort of states the fact, you know, there's a few things there. There's one that the CSP is a, a very uh, supportive of vaccinations as a public health intervention. You then mentioned the fact that you feel it should be voluntary. So is there a degree where you guys need to be, like I said, symbolic in, because it's highly unlikely that someone's going to be in government reading that and thinking, oh, follow the CSP's lead on this. Uh, no, so I, I guess policy operates at a number of different levels. And, and one of the things about the CSP is we spent a long time trying to debate what's a policy and we kind of came to the conclusion it's just what we think about stuff. Um, so what we think about vaccinations and why, why Alex probably wasn't in a position to say what is the policy is because actually we've never felt the need to write it down in one place. Sure. But, you know, the issue of, of are vaccinations uh, positive or negative health intervention probably is a bit of a no-brainer for most people. Um, the issue of, of the voluntary principle is one we've had to um, work through in the past because, you know, the whole issue of whether the flu vaccine should be compulsory for health and care workers regularly comes up for politicians right. uh, and is something, therefore, we've had to, to take soundings on and look at what's, what's the most professional approach to that. Um, so that, that's the kind of starting point for what we think about COVID, if I'm honest. Um, you know, the, the challenge in terms of, of COVID, I guess, and the issues that people probably want to talk about are things like, you know, what are the relative priorities and the tiering and so on. Um, and at the end of the day, our view is that has got to be based on the best clinical advice. And with the best will in the world, we are not the organisation that can provide that best clinical advice. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we have an independent expert committee that brings together the best immunologists that people can find to give that advice to ministers, by and large, unless there's some really strong counter 
um, evidence to them, we would say we should follow that advice. Sure. And that is our starting point, and that's why our policy is built around that. So yeah, you end up in appropriate sound posting. It then goes on. So you, 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 it then goes on to say, in prioritising vaccine programmes, we believe that the disproportionate health outcomes for Black and Asian people should be considered as a significant risk factor. People from Bayan backgrounds should have a higher priority for COVID vaccination. I just wondered, is that something that you're suggesting therefore for for physiotherapy members of yours that that if they're from a Bayan background, that they should then be prioritised? Uh, it's really important that, that the specific risks uh, to, to black and Asian colleagues and members um, are recognised. Um, now the JCVI, which is that expert committee, for, have given their reasons why, why they haven't done that as a specific intervention. Uh, we think there's probably strong enough evidence that they should do. But what we're seeing on the ground is quite rightly some of the bodies that are actually conducting the vaccinations, where they're, they've got more people coming forward uh, than they can vaccinate at a specific point, they are using it as a way to prioritise within those groups. Right. Um, so that seems appropriate uh, in, in, in those circumstances. With the, what's interesting, because I can, on a, on a, public level like on mass for the country you can understand that the 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 consideration of the BAME community would make sense but on a professional level as physios the socioeconomic factors that seem to be affecting those statistics on what the analysis is at the moment is such that that doesn't necessarily play directly into a physiotherapy population does it that's the thing that found in, I found interesting about that is because it almost carries a suggestion especially amongst a rather middle-class professional class of people, that then is the CSP inferring that the other variables that are claimed, be that, say, genetic, vitamin D, other factors that might affect people's um, vulnerability to COVID, is the CSP suggesting that independent of socioeconomic factors, then that's actually relevant? No, we're saying that if you look at the Public Health England's own report into the impact of COVID, um, that they are there is a clear impact on those communities, regardless of, of occupation, professional class, and so on. And, and I think uh, Kevin Fenton's report makes that fairly clear. You know, the getting into the mechanisms of why that is is exactly where we think the JCVI has, has kind of got it wrong by getting overly caught up in that, rather than looking at what is the actual impact that Public Health England themselves have said there is. Um, the reality, I think, on, on the ground is is that you know people are not. Whilst they may be looking to prioritise um, black and Asian colleagues, you know, frankly, pretty much, if you, once you can get into that system of vaccination, um, they're so desperate to, to vaccinate as many people as they, they can at the moment. They're getting people through pretty quickly. So sure. I'm not entirely sure that the prioritisation, whether that's by ethnicity or whether it's by health condition, is actually making a lot of difference on the ground. Once healthcare professionals are in that system, they're going to get their, their vaccinations fairly quickly is what I'm hearing. Right. And, and so uh, kind of to my question about when you're putting these policies together, um, in, in instances such as that, is that something that you guys are wanting to make sure that that's there for symbolism reasons as much as anything? Well, it's not just symbolism. We, we would hope, you know, we're realistic, but we would hope that the fact that we and quite a lot of the other um, health-related professional bodies have made similar points will make people actually think, uh, are they doing the right thing and look at look at the policy again. Right. Uh, but it's also important, I think, that if we do think that, that um, any of the public agencies has got something wrong, we say that. 
Um, we may not change the world by doing that, but you know, we are part of that that broader community of of health professions who, you know, people do expect us to say what we think, whether that's our members, patients, or, or our colleagues in other organisations. Hey, well, that's certainly something that um, you know, saying what we think is certainly something I would advocate, especially on this show and beyond. So, no, that's good news if you're moving in that direction for sure. Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce what the hell that is. Uh, someone unfortunately when they when people are commenting in the group i can't get your name comes through for some reason so a facebook user has said um well shadow minister to health has been very uh, on side about private practitioners getting vaccinated saying that though no contact yet from the trust um do, do we do we think that that sort of thing is going to come out in the wash through time rob whereby the communication starts to drip down or might there be yeah. more obvious barriers um we think it will. Um, we've been uh, literally every day badgering relevant people in each of the four countries uh, and pointing out that, you know, saying that your policy is to include everybody, but not actually putting that in place is not the same as actually doing it. Sure. Um, and as I say, we have been briefing uh, uh, Senate members uh, to ask questions to the government, as well as talking to officials. We've got pretty good access in Wales. Why it's taking quite so long, nobody's quite sure. Okay. The one thing I would say to everybody to hang on to is right across the UK, the governments have signed up to this mid-February target to have all health and care professionals vaccinated. Mm. So the closer we get to that, the more, more sense that, that they're about <laughs> yeah. to fail on something they've said that they need to do. So That's, that's helpful, isn't it? Yeah, because, it, because you know, no, no politician's going to miss targets and be hypocrites, are they? So uh, let's, <laughs> let's pretend that that's clout. Uh, in Northern Ireland, uh, we aren't able to access the vaccine until the digital platforms live um, and so yeah there's a, a comment that, that then extends to um, the fact that that's quite a specific uh, issue do people do you have anywhere uh, that you I mean is it just the CSP website or is there any other things that people need to keep an eye on with regards to specifics on their localities so the CSP website will give you general information uh, one of the challenges we have and Northern Ireland is, is one of the places we have a challenge um, the, the arrangements we have with uh, either the health departments or, or the local health bodies uh, to share their information, their processes, quite a lot of them, as I said earlier, are anxious about those being abused by other people. Um, so we're not able to necessarily just put up the links on, on the website, even in the member only areas, and we're not always able to, to broadcast that in other ways. Mm. So what's really important is if you're a CSP member, um, make sure your, your online information is up to date, we've got the right email address for you. Make sure you're signed up for your country or regional email bulletins. Because, uh, for example, uh, some of the English CCGs have agreed that we can put things out through our regional networks, whereas they're not happy for us to share them in other ways. So people will be seeing the, the booking links right. or the information they need to provide for loca particular localities if they're signed up for those. So that's okay. one, that's the top tip. Make sure that your pro membership profile is up to date. Make sure you've, you've consented to get those emails. Is there a um, – because what the, of the successes that uh, I mean, Liz Cowan and, and others had mentioned – um, whereby they'd, they'd reached out to their GPs or even their CCG. Um, is, there a, is there any template that could be used or created uh, that, that, that we could use to support members to actually submit that information? So the, the letter that we've sent to CCGs is available if members want to have that and want to use that as evidence uh, in those conversations. However, the, the official request in all four countries is please do not contact um, health boards or CCGs directly. Uh, and definitely please do not contact your, your GP uh, because by definition that takes time away from them actually doing the vaccination.
vaccinations. That's what they've asked us to, to share. We're sharing that advice. Yeah, difficult. And I totally understand the, the need for you to be diplomatic on that. But when people have got those success stories that then go semi-viral amongst our communities, you can imagine that then people want to follow suit with that. And also, um, it's uh, it's been said that the GPs that uh, people have spoken to are very appreciative of it being flagged when it might not be clear on their records that someone's that style of health worker. Um, so that's one of the things that's difficult to one of the things that motivates behaviour is those good stories. Yeah, and and I've seen those as well, but I've equally seen um, the negative stories of people saying how unhelpful some GPs oh, sure. have been. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so you know, if people choose to do that, it's up to them, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to get get uh, your, your jab at the end of the day whereas the official systems that are going to be through either ccgs or health boards are, are the approved routes so those bodies at some point are going to have to tell you how they're, they're going to register you and when you can actually get your vaccination well honestly i thought i'd be sat here talking about vaccine policies and rollouts etc with the same sort of scorn as i had over trades and various other different things in part of this pandemic but arguably for once, I can say that time passing and the policies revising and, and refining, um, it looks like this uh, this this ship is sailing okay and sh sailing true. And therefore, I hope that does give those that have been uh, somewhat frustrated uh, and rightly so uh, over the course of this time, I hope they can see in this instance things do seem to be moving more smoothly. And therefore, time passing is a variable that we're going to be hopefully seeing progress be made as, as things get refined. Thank you so much for your time today, Rob. Really appreciate it. Anywhere else you want to just signpost people quickly before we wrap up? So keep keep a regular lookout on the uh, COVID hub on the CSP website. That's the best place for the most up-to-date information. As we're able to share information, that's where we're updating it. Brilliant. And someone has just asked last minute, they've said, Rob, what's the best way to get in touch with you directly? Uh, good question. So you can either email me at the CSP. So it's yeldemar, or one word, at csp.org.uk. Um, or if you're on Twitter, you can DM me. csp.org. UK. I'm just putting that into the comments. And so please, you know, make sure that you're careful when you're entering these fields. You don't want Rob to be getting my hate mail. That would not be cool. Uh, so yeah, please use that sensibly and sparingly. But um, thank you so much again for your time, Rob. Appreciate it. And hope uh, for those that have been asking us all those questions, this is a point of reference for people to be signposted to as well. And obviously any questions that didn't get covered, then let us know and we'll do as best. So now this is where I try to where possible, smoothly exit. But uh, yeah, that's us done. And I'll see you later this week. We've got a great few clinical topics this week. Uh, following my um, ranting and raving about biomechanics and running last week, which proved popular, we're going to be talking about a few uh, conditions more specific, as well as a few other things following my conversation with John Ryan yesterday about media and how we position ourselves, because I've had some great feedback uh, from, from our community on that. So thanks a lot for everyone that's joining in, and we'll see you tomorrow for more Chewing It Over.